world. It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen, Monday through Friday, wherever you get podcasts. Tell your friends, make it a part of your daily routine. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we are continuing our Locked On Blazers countdown to tip off our fifth installment of the third annual Lockdown Blazers countdown to tip off. We run through every player on the roster. I'm going to give you a brief but thorough look at what they'll bring to the team this year. We start by looking back what they did last year when applicable, how they arrived on the Blazers, talk best and worst case scenarios in the second segment, then we'll close the show talking expectations and likely role they'll have this year. If you've missed any and you're a YouTube watcher, there's a playlist, season previews right there that you can go check them out. If you're a YouTube watcher, they're in your feed. We've done Jeremy Grant. We've done Shaden Sharp, Matisse Thibel, Nazir Little. Uh, we've done Jabari Walker. We, 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 uh, we've done Chris Murray. I almost forgot two of them that we've done. But today we're getting unreasonably hot. Talking Anferno, Anthony Simons. Year six, Anthony Simons. Let's look back to look forward. Last year. Fifth season in the NBA. Your boy Ant is age 23 season. Played 62 games, all starts. Averaged 21.1 points, 2.6 boards, and 4.1 assists. Played 35 minutes a night. Shot 44.7% from the floor, 37.7% from three, and 89.4% from the stripe. He got going early. He had a running hook game winner in overtime against Phoenix the second night of the season. He had back-to-back 30-point games against Houston and Memphis in November. He had a career-high 30, or excuse me, had 38 at Madison Square Garden in a game where Damian Lillard didn't play, and him and Jeremy Grant went nuts, and a career-high 45 at Utah on December 3rd. Early in the season, kind of before... You know, the Blazers started so hot, and and every time he's actually missed a couple games in there during their 10-4 start, Uh, but... He was a big part of it. While Dame was missing time earlier in the season, Ant made sure to that the Blazers' offense stayed afloat. Now, it didn't really get excellent until the offense didn't really get excellent until Dame got back, but the reason that they were competitive early in the season had a lot to do with how good Amphrey Simons was from the moment the season started. He was a... He, uh, you know, he didn't have many ebbs and flows. He didn't have he didn't have too many stinker games in there. Once he got rolling, um, he he was he was pretty much his consistent eighteen to twenty five on thirty eight percent shooting with some hot nights mixed in there all season long. He rolled his all he rolled his all star. He rolled his ankle in the final minutes of a game just before the All-Star break. Blazers playing at Washington every time he's rolled his ankle. It looked really bad, and it, and it was. he. Not only did he miss, did he leave that game, but he missed seven of the next eight games and didn't come back till March 10th. Basically missed just shy of a month. Uh, comes, comes back on March 10th, plays in five more games, and then he was hit with the... Um, just the really, really difficult injury, right foot soreness that caused him to miss the final 10 games. Now, Ant had a real injury prior to that, but then the Blazers had to make up another one. He had to have right foot soreness. Um, Hopefully this is the year they don't have to make up injuries whole cloth, but if they do, a few teams in the league better at lying about injuries than your Portland Trailblazers. Uh, They, they, uh, Ant misses those final 10 games, so he ends up missing a bunch of time at the end of the season, which is why he only missed, why he only played 62. But he really would have, he would have played 72 games, right? Like he he missed it, he missed a couple there early, and then he missed some, he missed like a chunk with that ankle injury that was luckily during the All Star break, or he he would have missed a, a bunch of games. Like they had, you know, he had that extra week there baked in because of the All Star break. So 
I think the 62 games feels like, oh man, it didn't play enough. But you know, he 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 was held out. Would have played 70 plus. That's that's a good good number, the mark of a healthy player. Um, part of the reason I don't like the uh, sort of tanking fake injury stuff is because it makes otherwise durable players seem less durable. And then people look back at basketball reference and say, well, he only played 62 games. You know, he's only, he hasn't, he just hasn't played enough. Ants never played more than 70 games. Did you know that? Um, I did. I did know. I did know that. I too have access to to basketball reference. What really stood out for Amphrey Simons in year five, though, wasn't me using this opportunity to, to, um, harp against the, the, uh, <laughs> my issues, my personal gripes with the Blazers losing games on purpose, which, um, very well may have saved the franchise, but Amphrey Simons, the reason that his, that he took a step forward in my eyes this season is because he just became a better finisher. Uh, he's still not someone who gets to the rim a lot, but he increases frequency, got to the rim much more often than he had in previous seasons, according to cleaningtheglass.com, and he massively improved as a finisher at the rim. 65% as a finisher at the rim last season compared, to, according to Cleaning the Glass, the indispensable stats web, website from Ben Falk, cleaningtheglass.com. 65% of the rim last year after seasons of 57, 57, and 55 in the previous three years. Uh, you know, he didn't play a ton as a rookie, but like... And 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 even years two and three and year year two he played they carved out minutes for him but you know even last year uh, not this previous season but the one prior when he was playing big minutes and like kind of had his breakout season it was like oh every time was really good he didn't shoot well fifty five percent from the at the rim that's he was not a good finisher big jump this year up to sixty five percent of the rim that led to him him becoming a having a career best two point field goal percentage a career high in free throw attempts because he's going to the rim more often and he's a better finisher so you got to contest him and he's you know he's going up with purpose and he matched his career best free throw rate on way more volume. In addition, Amphrey Simons remains a negative defender. He's not a good defensive player, still a very bad one. But this year, according to according to uh, Dunks and Three's defensive EPM, that's estimated plus minus, was the best year of his career. So he's improving his weaknesses. He remains a very good shooter. He's improved as a playmaker significantly over the past two seasons. And while he's still a negative on defense, he's he improved there. And he wasn't a guy who used his athleticism to get to the rim. And he took strides in that area. This is what you want to see in someone who's 23 years old and has the amount of NBA experience as Amphrey Simons does. A good player who gets better and improves on what he doesn't do well at. That's why I have a lot of confidence in Amphrey Simons just reaching a baseline of, of competence, a baseline of just being a solid NBA basketball player. But beyond the baseline, what I want to talk about in the second segment is best and worst case scenarios. What does the best version of Ant look like? And what does the worst version of Ant look like? That's what we'll do in the second segment. But first, let's talk FanDuel. It's the NFL season. Taylor Swift is going to football games. She may or may not be dating Travis Kelsey. Or maybe she just uh, was invited to a game in Arrowhead Stadium. And he was kind of also there and got her good tickets with his family. We'll see. But guess what? You can go to FanDuel right now. America's number one sports book. And you can put a prop bet on whether whether Taylor Swift will be at the game in uh, against the New York Jets. In New York, or I guess in the Meadowlands. Uh, you, can, you can wager on that on FanDuel right now and if you're a new customer you can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet so 
Take a fun prop bet out on Taylor Swift and get $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. She doesn't show up to the Meadowlands, whatever. You're getting free $200 in bonus bets regardless. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on the action. The app's super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, not just for my Swifties out there, but for people who want to bet on game spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off that NFL season. That's FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Right. Let's talk best and worst case scenarios. What we do in these season previews is we talk best case scenarios within reason and worst case scenarios without injury. We're not talking awards for folks who aren't likely to get awards or aren't going to get awards. And we're not talking people's bodies breaking down. We're talking worst case scenarios happening in between the lines. For some players on the roster, the split is a little bit wider. But for veterans, and particularly good veterans, like Anthony Simons is, a guy entering his sixth NBA season, uh, the, the third most tenured, ex- uh, third most experienced player matching, uh, matching Nazir Little on in, in his, uh, or excuse me, third most experienced player on the Blazers roster after Jeremy Grant and uh, and Yusuf Nurkic. It's adults in the room, and Anthony Simons is one of them sort of weirdly at age 24. But when you've played this long in the league and you have the track record that Ant does now, you know, about, uh, you know, midway through a, a season ago, so so, so roughly, a, roughly 100 and some games, 120 games, depending on how you want to slice it because he missed some in there, so like 110 games. Every time this has been a dude who scores 20 points per game and shoots north of 38% from three. Dishes out three, four assists a night, can really score on and off the ball, and is a, a budding playmaker. And and I think the best case scenario is that he's 4% better at everything he does. I don't expect Amphrey Simons to take this major leap and be a 30-point-per-game scorer, but after averaging 21 a game last season, would it, would it you be surprised if, uh, you know, 23 is more than 4% after, uh, in terms of percentage increase? But if, if he got a little bit better, 4%, it's like I'm not being that specific for all my literal math heads out there. But... If Ant was averaging from 21, he bumped it up to 24 and some change. Would you be that surprised? He averaged 4.1 assists. If he averages 5 and some change assists, would you be that surprised? But if he has 23 and 5, that's rare company in the NBA. He might have the ball in his hands a little bit less, but the best case scenario is that Anthony Simons, what he does well now, he continues to do well. A season ago, he was north of 40% from three. Last season, he was just under 38% from three, 37-7 on the year. The best case scenario is that he ups his efficiency from three, back up to north of 40%, continues to be a more active attacker of the rim and continues to improve in that area as well, gets to the free throw line more often, shoots upwards of 68, 69, 70% at the rim, even 60, even just north of 65. Any, any improvement at the rim on increased volume, he's going to be a really, really good offensive player. He's developed an in-between game with a little running hook shot and a bunch of floaters he puts up. If he continues to just be a little bit more efficient at what he does, improve slightly on his weaknesses as as a guy who gets to the rim and gets to the foul line a little bit more and gets back up to north of 40% from three, all very doable for someone of his skill set. You're talking about, you know, 25 and four, 23 and five. A best case scenario is that Amphrey Simons is a little bit better with a little more responsibility now that Damian Lillard is out of the lineup or 
eventually will be. He's not out of the lineup yet as I'm recording the show, but I, 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 I'm kind of under the assumption that the Blazers will find a resolution with Dame not too deep into the season. And my guess is that um, pretty darn soon this week uh, would be how, how I believe it will go down. Uh, you know, come time stamp this 12 minute mark if you want to tell me I'm wrong. Uh, in any case, with more potential opportunity and a slightly more volume and slightly better efficiency, the best version of Anthony Simons is that he's just he just is who he is, a guy who can absolutely score with whatever role he's given on ball, off ball, as a spacer, as a pick and roll driver, whatever you need him to be as the engine or as a as a as a natural one or a natural two positions he can play. He just keeps getting a little bit better at what he does. The worst case scenario, the 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 pole isn't that far away. It is a very narrow hallway for someone of Ambry Simon's skill set. The worst case scenario is that he kind of plateaus and that he's a 37% three-point shooter, which is still above average in the league on volume. It's still like a darn good shooter. But that, you know, the lack of physicality, he just doesn't take the step forward and he has regresses a little bit as a rim finisher. He doesn't take a, he doesn't, you know, get to the free throw line anymore often. And without the sort of gravity and space that playing off of Damian Lillard offers you, he just isn't as good as he has been. But the worst case for Anthony Simons still probably looks like 20 and three assists. The worst case scenario is going to be a darn good season. My true belief is that Simons has graduated to a level where you can basically set it and forget it. The worst case scenario, though, is that with that sort of plateau, oh, he's like, oh, shucks, he's a 20 and four guy. Like, uh, darn? (laughs) But that his his just his lack of defensive ability catches up with him and that on a team that is transitioning into the next era it becomes increasingly clear that playing Anthony Simons at two guard for the next version of the Blazers is untenable and that's the problem i think that Simons is going to be solid for a long time in the league and i think by now entering year 6 you know what you're going to get from him i don't think there's a scenario like i i think Anthony Simons best and worst are so close together his best is some a sort of a subtleness that you, an everyday watcher of the team or regular watcher of the team, will appreciate. And his worst is the subtleness that you, an everyday watcher of the team, will be frustrated by. But those outside of this little sphere that that I I so dearly love, Locked On Blazers listeners, they won't know the dang difference. They'll have no freaking idea what what that day that Ant is better or worse. The polls are narrow for someone like him. So let's talk expectations. And with those expectations, it's what's next. Because for me, that's what we're dancing around here. Is Anthony Simons part of the next era of the Blazers? Or is he a holdover from a previous era? Let's talk about that to close the show. Join me in that third segment, won't you? Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked On Blazers. We're talking to Anthony Simons. And if the best and worst case scenario is maybe imperceptible to those who don't very, very closely follow the team or the NBA obsessive in your life, who indeed will pour over basketball reference and tell you that every time has never played more than 70 games in NBA season. The real question for Simons is what comes, what comes of this season and what does it mean for beyond? Like, 
let me be more specific here. First, let me set the stage. What we do to close the show uh, for these player previews is role and expectations. And I think the role for Amphrey Simons is pretty darn obvious. He's your starting shooting guard. I know some people see him as a, as a point guard, and I'll talk about this in a moment. But to me, Scoot Anderson's going to start at the one, Amphrey Simons is going to start at the two, unless Dame's on the team, and then Dame's going to start at the one, and Amphrey Simons is going to start at the two. Um, there's just That's just how it's going to be. If something surprising happens, it'll be surprising to me. But that is, that is, I am, I feel very certain in that prediction. Albeit a guess. But the question for Ant isn't what he can do. We know what he can do. In fact, I think he is a, like I said, a set it and forget it type of productive, productive player on offense. He might get a little bit better. I think there is a world in which Amphrey Simons over the next few seasons morphs into like a, in the right role, could morph into like a 27 a night score. Like he has that skill set. It's really good. He's a really good offensive player. But the question is, does Amphrey Simons fit with this group? And let me be super, super, super clear about this. Amphrey Simons can play point guard or shooting guard on offense no matter what. People who think or want to, I've, I've seen Blazer fans pitch this and a handful of you have emailed me about this over the years and I think there's a perception that, that Amphrey Simons doesn't necessarily fit with the team. It certainly fits if. Let me be, it's, he's 24 years old. He's not so much older than than Shaden Sharp and, and, uh, and Scoot Henderson that he can't be involved in their evolution. He's under contract for three more seasons. You would hope that Amphrey Simons, if he's still on the team in, the, in, in his third season, in his final season of this four-year deal, three seasons from now, that Scoot Henderson is really freaking good. And Shaden Sharp, who will be entering the final year of his rookie deal, is like ready to be a max level player. That's the best case scenario for the Blazers, right? Is that Scoot is a is a star on a rookie contract and Shaden Sharp is about to get paid as much money as you can possibly pay him. And it feels like the right move. <laughs> That's like down the line. That's like way down the line. But, but until you get there, Ant is making the a totally reasonable amount of money and a totally fine basketball player on offense. He can play next to scoot off the ball and be an awesome player, or he can, when scoots out of the game, he can play on the ball and be your lead guard on offense and he can be an awesome player. He's a he's an, a vastly improved pick and roll player. He's good with the ball in his hands, but he's a great off ball player. He's a great shooter, great second side attacker. Um, he's 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 improved there as sort of that decision maker when he's the ball isn't immediately in his hands, and he just can score. And like that's what you want as your as your second guard as a dude who can score. Great catch and shoot shooter. Um, you know, like it talks about those that mid range game, the pull up game off a couple of dribbles, and, and and getting better, getting to the rim. On ball, off ball, on offense, no concerns about Amphrey Simons. So for your friends or the people who've emailed me and say like, okay, is is Ant really a one? On offense, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. The unspoken part here or the the part we should speak clearly on and, and, and just elucidate. Is it Amphrey Simons? The issue with Amphrey Simons is on defense. Can you put together a reasonable team if you have another player that is his size or smaller, because he is not very big. He's, you know, he's gotten bigger for sure, like just like filled out physically, but he's not, he's not this like plus length as a two guard. He's more like average point guard size and he is a negative defender. So the question isn't, can you get the most out of him if he's not playing point guard? The question is, can you put together a viable team in which you have another like-sized player? And generally, point guards are negative defenders in the NBA. It's just hard to be impactful at that size. 
can you can you put together a viable team in which someone Amphrey Simon's size and defensive acumen can play two? Or do you just need more plus length and more better defenders? And the only spot that you can have negative defenders in a modern NBA system is, or at least you can only have one negative defender, and it's way, way, way better if that one negative defender is your point guard. Because if you have another undersized, not quite good defensive player, you're now rolling out with two of them. I think Scoot Anderson might end up being a good defender in the league, but he's always going to be six foot two. Even six foot two with length, like you can you can be a even if he's like a, a a darn good defender, right? Like he probably can't cover up for another six foot two negative defender on the on the court. You just need more size. So the real question with Avery Simons is can he improve enough on defense to be a viable two guard, or is his defensive woes and his just actual size that he is a problem such that he has to play point guard because an ideal lineup featuring him would he would be the smallest player on the court and then you'd have four bigger defenders next to him that to me seems to be the actual case it isn't an argument for making him a one to maximize him on offense it's a making him a one to minimize the pain he might inflict on defense that's the argument and to me that's the question of the future Scoot Henderson very likely as a rookie in the league, as a teenager, is going to be bad on defense, like maybe even capital B bad. Probably. And if he develops into a good defender, where it's probably a season or so down the line, right? And even then, he's always going to be six foot two. I guess he could have a growth spurt, but even then, he is likely to be uh, likely to be point guard sized. That's the question. The best version of teams in the league are plus length. Shaden Sharp is a prototypical 6'5", 6'6", 2-guard. That's exactly the size you want at, at, at the shooting guard spot. 6'5", with athleticism. At 3, you're going to want 6'8", plus 6'10", and 7 feet at the, at, at the bigger spots, or a bunch of guys who are 6'7". Plus length on the wings has been the path to winning NBA championships for basically a decade. Even the Warriors' small teams were very big on the wings. They were small at the five and the one, but they were very big on the wings. So the question for Ant about role is, can he, how good can you be with him as a two on defense? And to me, you probably know. Decent. Darn good even. Like, uh, like I, I think, you know, the Damon CJ teams were, you know, a couple of them won close to 50 games, 49 and 50 games, 51 games, I think, in the, in the best eras of the Damon CJ, uh, maybe 48 and 51 games in the best in the best CJ teams, Damon CJ teams. Darn good in the regular season. But there's a ceiling on what those teams look like and you know what it might be Do the Blazers as they move into a new era, realize that Amphrey Simons is that he is a really good player who doesn't fit their potential franchise player to me that's not a question you have to answer now you certainly don't have to answer it in september you don't have to answer it in february i do not think there is any urgency to trade Amphrey simons i just laid out why i don't even think he can be part of the next plan and all of those things and the challenges that come with it you just heard it right literally from the from this very same mouth that is telling you don't need to trade him right now because you don't i do not think there's urgency to trade Amphrey simons at all he's good but he's pretty clearly doesn't have this like super sexy trade value. They would have flipped him to 
keep Dame around. Maybe, maybe they never wanted to do that. So I think the real truth is that, yeah, there probably is a cap on what you can be if Anthony Simons is your starting two guard. But there's also a reality where he's just a, a, a darn good basketball player. And for now, having a good veteran, and that's what Anthony Simons is on this team. He's going to be step into some version of a leadership role next to Jeremy Grant's um, and to whatever degree Yusuf Nurkic is capable of that. That's going to be the ask for him. And he's going to you know guide some young guards along the way he was guided along when he was a young guard. But I don't think you need to... It would be foolish in my mind to say, oh no, these players don't fit together, we think, in two years, so we have to trade them now. What you do is you find out what the Ant and, and uh, Scoot backcourt looks like. You find out what the Ant and Shaden Sharp backcourt looks like. And if Amphrey Simons averages 25 and 5 along the way, that's only helpful to the Blazers. There's no urgency to trade him. I think it's a conversation you revisit next summer. And you say... Ant looked darn good. What do other teams need? He's on the super reasonable contract. He's a he's he's like, does is there a team that is needy for a for a, you know, uh, a next level bench scorer or a starting point guard in the league, depending on what Amphrey Simons proves to be this season. And moreover, Amphrey Simons is the best guard on the roster. People confuse potential with production a lot. I, I think that's a big thing that bothers me with with sort of uh, fandom. Scoot Anderson has the potential to be a much better player than Amphrey Simons. I think Shaden Sharp probably has the has potential to be certainly potential to be to be a better player than Amphrey Simons. But in terms of production in the NBA right now in the fall of 2023, it's Amphrey Simons by a lot, by a lot. It's not close. You don't trade that production to clear the to clear the way for potential. The Blazers did that during Anthony Simons' second season in the league. They cleared the decks for him to play, and he wasn't ready. And it set them back a little bit. It was a mistake. You don't clear the books. You don't clear the, the deck for potential. You ride production, and then you try to turn that, if that production doesn't fit, try to turn it into something else. The Blazers have hopefully learned that lesson, that holding on to a player that doesn't fit the plan too long is a problem. But the Blazers aren't there yet with Simons. They'll find out what the plan looks like this season, find out how close and Scoot and Shaden Sharp are to reaching that potential, or whether it's it's a rockier road than some Blazer fans would hope. And then you address what you need to do with Ant. My expectation is that Avery Simons is going to be good this year, and his role is going to be your starting shooting guard, and you don't have to worry about what his role would be in the future but when you watch him and you watch this team, it is totally okay to think about, and it's the right thing to do, to think about what's next. Because so much of what Anthony Simons represents is bridging two eras. The part, the guy that was between the Damon CJ era and is now between the Scoot and Shaden Sharp era. Where does Anthony Simons fit? Well, guess what? He probably just fits starting at shooting guard, scoring 23 a night. Worry about what's next next. For now, I think we can appreciate Ant. Okay, that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, you know, if Dame stuff happens, we'll talk about it. Um, to be quite honest, I don't want to beat you over the head with it. If you are a longtime listener to the program, you know that we've been talking about this a lot. And if you're just like a Heat fan, 
I don't know, pining for it. I can't believe you listened to a 30 minutes of a, of a Amity Simons episode to get here. But like, I, I just think in general, when it comes up, we'll talk about it. I'm not, I'm not like afraid of it, but I don't want to beat you over the head with it. So tomorrow's show in theory is going to be a preview of Yusuf Nurkic. What do you expect from the big man Nurk? And um, we'll, you know, we'll talk his sort of trade value and fit and all of those things. And the way we discuss all of these things is looking, looking ahead, back then, then looking ahead. But if you are looking tomorrow for a Nurk show and it's a Dame trade show, it's just because we got to cover the news a little bit. That That's how it's going to work this week. And uh, maybe we'll get a resolution Dame-wise. Maybe we won't. But regardless, we'll do a show five days a week. We're back five days a week, Monday through Friday, wherever you get podcasts. Do me a favor. Tell your friends about the show. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.